sometimes I get I get like 45 minutes into my morning and I have no idea what's happened because I'm I've got full autopilot. I'm nice. just like down to the minute. How long is your shower? It's about 12 minutes. Okay. It's a good one. That's a good, good one. That's a long shower. Because yeah. the first uh, 11 and a half minutes is me staring off into space. <laughs> Scotch. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 237 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam, and I'm impressed by how slow Seth spoke just now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sam. That's it. This is a show. This is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is Dodo Filth 2019. Gross. Before we get started, we have a warning. <laughs> I'm it, glad they're dead. It, <laughs> I said it. it dirty. Dirty. I mean, after playing Ark, all yeah. they do is walk around and poop. Yep. That's why they're those dang dirty dodos. Dang oh, dirty God. dodos. Before we get started, we have a warning. We're going to swear on this uh, podcast, so deal with that. We did say dang already. Yep. So I guess it's too late. Shut it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd also like to to thank our supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net. We got an anonymous one who said nothing. Good. Just, just, just anonymously. Just throw the money in and run. Yep. Uh, we've also got recurring supporters, so thank you as well. Let's talk about life. For what starters, I want to talk about fear. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're really, uh, really just diving in here. All right. right. The tip of it. All right. We're going to keep it light. So let's just talk we're about. Keep it light? Keep it. We're talking about fear. Okay. There's but something. The fun kind. <laughs> there's something interesting that I noticed, which I think is very um, informative mm. about fear, is when people talk about something they're afraid of, they always use the, the, the phrase, what if? Mm-hmm. So they'll say, what if I fail? Right? Or what if I or, fall and break or, my leg? Or what if that clown stabs me? Yeah. What if I. <laughs> Mm-hmm. What if I go on stage to deliver my stand-up set and I bomb? Or what if I write a book and nobody reads so it? You're talking about a lot of what sounds like professional fear, not not being murdered by clowns. Could be anything. No, what but, if I? What if it's dark upstairs? Yeah, that's it though. Yeah. So what <laughs> else? So what I think is interesting about that is is it's it's framed in this question, but no, it's not about answering the question. Right, because nobody ever says like, "What if I go up and and like, what if I deliver my my practice stand up set and I bomb?" And then they don't follow that with saying, "Well, here, here's what I think would happen if I, <laughs> if I did that. Here's what would probably it's be a the rhetorical outcome. question. It's a rhetorical question, which is basically saying, but I thought a rhetorical question has an answer. Well, it does. That's what I'm saying. In this case, like, there's actually not even it's not even rhetorical. But but it's I think what, an but I think what's informative about it is that the fact that it's framed as what if blah really it's just it just demonstrates the fact that you haven't actually thought about what would happen in this mm-hmm. scenario. Mm-hmm. You mean you just get to the question, which is a scary question. Right. And my wife you, and I were actually talking about this mm-hmm. recently because there were some some aspects of a few things. There's not even a message about necessarily about being scared of something, but also having anxiety about something and being like just, yeah. just worried about something. Anxiety is like a low level fear. Yeah. It's like a churning. There, there were some specific things that she had been worried about. And then she like she just she just took the question, what if? Yeah, because she was like, oh, what if I do this? And then she was like expecting that was going to happen and then went to the next part. It was like, well, then I would do this. And was yeah. like, oh, oh okay, that's, that's fine. fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can manage that. Yeah. What if I try and fail? Well, but if you do, then what? Yeah. Then it's fine usually and then you just carry on. Yeah. As you so always if you find do. a what if, you basically just have to answer You have to just answer it. Always go the extra mile. Answer. 
answer. Yeah, <laughs> because because the fear is not actually about the thing occurring. It's about the unknown afterwards that you haven't actually thought about. And that's the crazy thing about a brain. And people brain. always fear the unknown. Mm-hmm. And your brain's a great simulation engine. So, you know, you can just make it up. You can make yeah, up what that unknown it, is. But isn't it dumb that your brain basically by default only simulates the initial bad part and then mm-hmm. not the totally fine outcome of mm-hmm. that? <laughs> yeah. What if I bleh? Well, that's fine. Anyway, just an interesting thought I had. Okay, was Take light. that, put that Good. in your. I am. I am not scared at all. Put there's that in your much point. less clown murder yeah. situations involved there. Than I was worried about nightmares. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. I think a good mm-hmm. note there is what if I get stabbed by a clown? I think the next point there is yeah. you've been stabbed by a clown now. That's a, that is a now a rational fear. That's what has happened. Yep. yep. So you're going to the hospital. You will probably die. Yep. That's depending on where so the, now, the deepness of the laceration. Yeah. yeah. So now you know. Now mm-hmm. you know what would happen if you got stabbed by a clown. I did have a really weird dream last night. Not about clowns, but talking about fear. Hmm. I've never had a sleep paralysis dream before. What, but a sleep paralysis dream? So it's like where basically you wake up. And then you hallucinate. And then you basically hallucinate. Oh, that like, right. usually it's, you can't move. That you can't move. Then usually it's something sitting on you. And a lot of people actually see something. Right? Yeah. Um, I think I actually had it last night, but I didn't open my eyes. Because I was like, I know what this is. I'm I mean, that's how the demons get in there. Yeah, I was like, oh, you don't let this window call, to your soul. Yeah. Demons climb in through the windows. Yeah. Yep. So I'm not opening my eyes. So I was just laying there and then I felt I felt it actually because basically what happened was I felt heavy and then just heavier and heavier and heavier. And then I tried to move. But of course I'm asleep. And so I couldn't move. Yep. And so, but then that started freaking me out. Because that's I mean, this, how this whole thing works. Yeah, and then you so, start like clawing yourself out of yeah. slumber. And so I was like, Aah! and so finally after like a minute or two of this like really deep, it was a creepy feeling. Um, then I was able to like start moving my hands a little bit. Of course, then I just woke up because it's like 630 in the morning. Um, but I'd never opened my eyes. Yeah. And I'm really curious what the what hell was sitting on me. Because <laughs> I'm yeah, not into it. It's a good thing you didn't. I actually have this when I take naps. If I'm, if I'm taking a nap. Mm. Laying on my back specifically. And this all started after my surgery a few years ago, after like after the anesthesia, you know? And it started like that. I was taking a nap when I got home from that. And now every once in a while, I, I've had it ever since. That's another thing. Was, if you have anesthesia, that's when you go so deeply into a yes. slumber that it opens a portal to the nether world. Yeah. And yeah. then a demon gets in. Yep. And, and then it just follows me around. Now, now. you've got it now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was trying to explain this to to my wife because I was because I was trying to explain that this particular sensation, which is similar to this, but not the same. Because I, I know about, mm-hmm. you know, the... the heaviness and night terror and stuff. But for me, it was, it's that there's just suddenly I start getting this, like, it sounds like a roaring noise almost in my ears. Right. Whoa. As if like, yeah, that's a demon. As if I'm <laughs> rushing through something and I start to, I start to feel like I'm sinking. Not, not, not like there's weight, but like I'm ah, sinking. Interesting. And I could feel myself like losing, you know, consciousness, but I also can't move. So I'm getting in that. So it's like, it's like I fall into that stage of, of the sleep cycle where you just are paralyzed, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm like fully conscious, which is what sleep paralysis yeah. is. Right. But I'm doing it from the other side. Like as I'm going to sleep instead of as I'm waking up, <laughs> and so you're, so you're, I'm, like, uh, I'm falling into it. And it's like, and it feels on the one hand really, really nice. Cause it's so relaxing. Right. But I'm also horrified at what's at the bottom of this hole. Mm. They're falling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So every time it's happened, I've like, I'd force myself to to claw consciousness back and like <laughs> climb out of this whatever's going to happen down there because it freaks me out too much. Well, that was the zany sensation I had this morning because of the feeling of actually because I've never I've, I don't think I've ever actually been awake for that sort of like your body kind of turning on piece. Yeah. Like I've never been I feel like actually conscious during that. And it felt real weird. Yeah. <laughs> it felt very it's strange. Not good. Well, yeah, because when like you're good. asleep, you're dead, you know. Basically. So you were you were coming – you were aware of yourself coming back to yeah. life instead of just suddenly being alive again. Which yeah. I've had I've had to sleep paralysis one time. Did you see some shit? 
Well, no, because this was super weird because uh, normally I like I move around in, in the bed, but it's usually just like flipping, you know, flipping. From I do side a lot of side. flipping. I flip yeah. It, yeah, I flip basically constantly. It's basically like wrestling an alligator. You got to keep <laughs> – like, Instead of flipping the pillow to the cool side, you flip your whole body to the cool yep. side. Of your body. Yeah. <laughs> of your body because your side it was up. Yeah. It's cool down. The bed is still just as hot as it was. Yeah. <laughs> You got to cool the bed down with your cold, when you get to give it the cold shoulder. You got to flip over. <laughs> so for some reason, one day I woke up and I was sideways on the, in the bed. <laughs> okay, and I was laying with my head over the edge of the bed so that like the edge of the bed was like in was on my neck, right? Which is like okay, if you ever have you ever laid in a bed this way where your head is hanging over, there is never going to be enough pressure that it will like harm. It's me. not going to kill you. Yeah. But it's mad uncomfortable. But I woke up paralyzed with my head just like hanging (laughs) over the edge of the bed. And I was absolutely terrified because I was like, I'm going to die like this. (laughs) I can't move and I'm going to be strangled by the edge of this bed. (laughs) Did you scream yourself awake? I couldn't do anything. I just laid there terrified. (laughs) And then after, and I just kept trying really hard to move things. Mm And then eventually, like I kind of just like all of a sudden was able to start moving all, all my <laughs> yeah, things. Really weird. <laughs> I didn't really like it. So nope. kudos to people who have that happen consistently because that's crazy. That's yeah, every time I come back to full consciousness, I, I think again, I should just let it happen and just see, you know. Mm-hmm. But I still, every time it's actually happening, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I think probably what it no. is, is you know how when you're when, this always happens to me if I'm sitting in a sitting position when falling asleep. Is it at some point before I fall asleep, I just like flail out. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was when I'm laying down. Yeah. Too, yeah. My arms, sometimes my arms and legs will just, <laughs> just blast out. Usually just once. Like, what just is that one? about? Because it happens well, to a lot of people. There's probably going to be a high-pitched grunt when you do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here's what I think it is. I think it's that we can all agree <laughs> when you're asleep, you're, you're battling demons. It's like, a, okay, yeah. Right, because you know that they're in there now. Mm-hmm. They're always following you around. That's that screaming noise you hear before you fall asleep. The high pitch ringing in your ears that happens as you get older. That's just demon accumulation. Yeah, yep. and uh, the demons need to subdue you, so they paralyze you. Right, <laughs> and usually you might get one good hit in right before. <laughs> <laughs> right before, and that feeling of when you like, like you uh, suddenly burst awake because you've like hit the ground, so mm-hmm. to speak. That's just because you got sort of suplexed by a demon. <laughs> And before they caught, before they got you paralyzed. So it's really every time you wake up paralyzed. Yeah. Uh, it's You should celebrate you the es- fact that you, you punched escaped. the demon hard enough ahead of time that it couldn't get you while you were paralyzed. You knocked it out. You knocked it out. You're paralyzed now. And then the sedatives wear off, but yeah. you woke up before the, before the, the drugs wore off. The demon I have, drug. I have a question for you, Adam, based on this, this fear reasoning, which is mm-hmm. what, you know, what if you reach the bottom of your Well, see, that's the thing. Is like it, in my mind fall. at the time, I'm like, what if, what if I'm just dead at the bottom of that? Like, what if my brain just turns off forever now? Well, okay. you know? well, that's not your problem now. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, it would be that like my wife's problem. You know? <laughs> that's true. Now she's got to deal with that. Now she's got to deal with a dead man on the couch. <laughs> and then she'd you be know? like, oh, this is so <laughs> annoying. Exactly. <laughs> would be her initial reaction. And then my cat would eat my, eat my body, which again, not a problem for me, probably. <laughs> but then again, my wife, now she has to come down to this dead man being eaten by a cat. That's true. Actually. Yeah. Being dead is less of a problem for you and more oh, yeah. of a problem That's for fine. everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not worried no about that No big deal. No big deal for you. And then you guys got to figure out how all the web stuff works. And uh, yeah, yeah, like, that's going to be a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. So I figure I'll just wake myself back up. Yeah. Just don't yeah, do okay, that part. Yeah. Maybe don't touch the bottom. All right. So we also need to talk about two other life things. One, the quest for gains and the quest for strains. Yeah. So let's talk about the quest for strains. So this is a new one. Yeah. It's not 
It is not strains of viruses, by the way. Just to yeah. clarify this that. It's just straining. It's straining your body. Your body. So I realized so I'm turning 30 very soon. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about just one of the things that I'm just really not good at as far as fitness is concerned is flexibility. And in fact, this is what kicked my ass earlier this entire 2019 because my back just stood. How did it kick your ass though? If it couldn't even reach, it kicked my back. I guess maybe better better way. It tried to kick his ass, couldn't couldn't reach. Hit me in the back. Hit him in the back somehow, which is even (laughs) higher. So (laughs) it's just got real bad. I was thinking about about bad flexibility. It's not necessarily that you're not flexible. It's just that you don't know where it's going to go. Yeah, it's it's a rough place to be. Yeah, and so I decided I was like, you know, I'm going to try to do is my goal for 2020. That's probably going to take the entire year. It might be multiple years to be honest, because I'm I'm just not a flexible human pee, human being. Like I'm, I am a like human pee, human pee. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm basically like a, it's like a, I can't touch my toes unless I've been trying to touch my toes for days. Okay. So it's sort of just where hey, I'm it only took you days generally. Well, yeah. So I decided I'm going to try to uh, do the splits because uh-huh. what kind of a dumb goal could you possibly choose? Which way? The sideways splits or the front back splits? The front back splits. That's easier, right? Just do splits with your arms. It's I don't way know. easier. I don't know if either of them is easier. I'm pretty so. sure one of them is easier. I don't know which one it is. Probably front back or side. Probably front back. It's got to be front back. It's got to be easier. Because I can – here's the thing. I can already move one of my legs forwards that That's way. True. So I already got half of it <laughs> done, right? I can't move either of my legs perpendicular to the side. Yeah. At all. Right, you have to be able to do both that time. Yeah. So it's moving one versus both. Yeah. So I guess I'm doing the baby splits according to you guys. But yeah, I'm going to be doing hey, you know, baby steps. Baby splits. Uh, so I've been basically every day I stretch for between like 17 and 30 minutes, which is a whole different way of – because usually How, I go to the gym right. and lift for that long and I leave. Prediction time. How long do you think before you get bored – of stretching for 30 minutes a day. <laughs> I've been enjoying it so far. It's been a week. It's been a week. Well, maybe you can do anything weeks. for two weeks. Yeah. You can do anything for two weeks. Can you do this for two weeks? Can I do it for a year? Because that's basically for- what's required. Uh, well, can you do it until you can do the splits? Well, that's, that's the thing. Is that the, I'm so not flexible and it's so not built into my body already because I have never attempted – like I've never stretched basically in my life just <laughs> as a thing. And so I think it's the case that every day I skip – I just go right back to zero. That appears to be what's happening. Because so I skipped one like, day and it was like, boom. It's probably more like you skip one day and you probably lose like three days. But you're yeah. so few days in that it just doesn't even matter. Yeah. So it's pretty brutal right now. But my so, body feels real good all the time. And I was like, this is nice. I'm so you know this. how with with exercise, mm-hmm. whatever whatever your baseline is without exercise, that's you can always get back there. Yeah. No matter what. If you stop working out two years later, boom. You're just, just as scrawny as you were before mm-hmm. you started. When it comes to stretching, does it work the same way? Because you know how, like, if you stretch a rubber band hard enough, you know, it's just permanently stretched now. Right. It's just, just a different yeah, way. Yeah, I assume your body has some kind of – I think it would be rare to see, like, a gymnast who's eventually like, hey, I'm done now. Like, I'm done flexibil- – I'm done with my flexibility. But I think there's – I don't need you, to stretch you, anymore. I assume, but I assume, you, like, I assume you still lose it. Yeah. But do you lose it all the way back to zero? Probably? No. So there's there's I think there's actually a, there's a critical window thing with kids in particular, which is as you're growing up, if while well, your body's basically as we've talked about transforming a bunch, um, if you maintain flexibility, it actually changes how much like cartilage you have in some of your some of your stuff going. Well, on. Like I think generally, the I think so you generally your body will reach certain equilibria. So mm-hmm. I think you can actually change your baseline yeah. by maintaining it. I don't. I don't think. Time. I don't think you can change your baseline to some extreme point, 
Because I found that that before I did my first quest for gains, I generally weighed 170 pounds, just kind of always. And then after I did it the first time, and I actually stayed there for a while, then I went back down to 175, and then I just stayed there. So it's like, I think mm. you can swing it a little bit. So you probably will reach a point where you but can- what are do- those five pounds? You know what I mean? Hmm? What are those five pounds? Yeah. Just raw bone density. <laughs> it could be. Yeah. <laughs> it, could be. yeah. it could be. Whatever it is, something changed. Because if you were to go to space, you'd, be, you'd lose that in a second. That's true. That and then when I come density. back to Earth, I can't walk anymore because yep. my baseline has changed. And your bones would probably just rip your – or sorry, your muscles rip your bones <laughs> right out. Yeah. You'd shoot your bones right out of your If you're own. strong Disgusting. enough, if you have big enough muscles and go to space too much, I, I assume you just – your muscles rip your bones apart. Probably. Right? If you yep. flex super hard. Yeah. But that's why you don't come back from space and immediately go like try to deadlift something. Yeah, that's really probably a good idea. Not well, a good yeah, idea. you're not even going to be able to stand up to start the deadlift. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're kind of screwed. Uh, let's also talk about modern love. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a show on a show. Amazon Prime uh, <laughs> specifically. So um, it's based on a on a column that's basically these essays that people write in of just these sort of whatever their romantic love stories are that they've had in their lives. Sometimes not even romantic ones, just like interesting love stories. Just very bland ones. Not not bland, but just like not not no. a romantic interest, but a love story of some kind. Okay. And they were basically then fictionalized for uh, TV in the form of this Amazon Prime show. And it's fantastic. So I really like watching it because I like seeing these little sort of like slices of life and they're true-ish, right? They're, they're true enough to the actual- It's true as content. far as one person telling it could potentially right. recall. And so, and then there's, you can also of course look up like what actually happened to the couples in real life and stuff. But um, my wife and I just finished watching it yesterday, basically binged the whole thing in a couple of days. And there are 30 minute episodes, really short, but if you like that sort of thing where you see, you just sort of see like a slice of how people are living, which I, I just really like doing that, where you get to peek into someone else's sort of window of their of their life. Um, I think it's really fun, and it's a really good show for that sort of thing. So I recommend it. Hmm. It's kind of like it'll give you feelings. It's like being an uncle, you know. Like (laughs) I don't (laughs) because you don't have to have the kids. You just get to hang out with them for like a day, and then you go back to your normal life. So Mm -hmm. you get to see, yeah, exactly. You get to see what it's like, and then be like, "I'm out." Yep. And then go back. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Hundred percent. So yeah, it'll you'll catch some feelings, but it'll be good. interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's talk about studio news for starters. Happy Patch Day! Yeah, this podcast is coming out on Patch Day. It's been a while. Uh, we got some sick beats dropping. Literally, we, we we've got big changes to the boom boxes in Levelhead, uh, plus like a trillion other things. We'll have but we'll have a dev blog about it or a uh, patch notes mm-hmm. blog post. This is also the patch where. Uh, you can now ha- have like what we, we had like a hundred avatars. Oh yeah, I did that. Yeah, and the benchmarks, benchmark times in the no, campaign. That's not out yet. Oh, yeah, you can unlock. <laughs> you'll be able to unlock avatars through some achievements as well as through the campaign. I kind of love the longer patch cycle because it's so long and our memory spans are so short. Yeah, that by the time it comes out, it's, you get to be surprised. I'm, yeah. I'm as surprised as a But interestingly, this patch is is only it's just under three weeks of dev time. Yeah. Because, you know, we're we were gone. Mm-hmm. So actually we had less time to do this than we did the previous uh, four week patch. Mm-hmm. So it's but it's gonna be pretty big actually. It's a hefty one. They're always hefty. Yeah. And there's a lot of other stuff happening that's not gonna go into this patch, but it's we're saving it. We're saving oh, it yeah. up. I can't wait for the 1.0 because all those campaign work I'm doing is basically for the 1.0. Save so, for the release. No one gets to see it for a while, that's fine. Yes. Uh, so there'll be, you know, there's plenty of information about this on uh, just the website or whatever. Now, 
otherwise. We got some big news, which we posted about uh, on the dev blog, but we need to talk about it on the podcast. Levelhead is now going to be simultaneously launching on Android and iOS alongside PC, Mac, Switch, and Xbox. Yes. And UWP Windows Store. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's six? Six 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 launch platforms. That'll be our biggest sim ship that we've done. When we launched Crashlands on three platforms, we got a lot of raised eyebrows from other folks who were like, what? How and what? Yeah, because it's pretty and rare. It, it's it's somewhat common for studios to launch on both mobile platforms. Mm-hmm. Not that common. Actually, most people hit iOS first and then they come to Android later. But for games, it's oftentimes uh, PC, then console, or console, then PC. Those are oftentimes like six months apart mm-hmm. or more. And it's rare that it would hit like all the consoles at once. Uh, then maybe like a year later or something, they'll they'll come out on spread the, it around yeah. a little bit. Um, or maybe like to come to iOS and then like another year after that, they'll come to Android. <laughs> so we're just, well, there's also a logic to it though. Cause we, we've, we've talked to a publisher in the past, back when we were in our Crashlands days. Um, what, what they said is that they, they believed that by spreading out the launch and having multiple launches, you would get to sort of have multiple news beats and like, and mm-hmm. capitalize on the fact that you have now had these multiple launches. Um, but the way that we saw it at the time, and I think, I've come come back to still believe uh, is that there's just never a time more powerful than your initial launch. Yes. And, and the more people you can hit yeah. with that, the bigger the first news beat is. Yep. And everything that happens afterwards is, is essentially proportional that, to, to the, that initial. The, the initial and that's essentially – the, the, to me, that's the core assumption underlying the other idea, which is that mm-hmm. which is a, it's a good idea to spread these out only if – you believe that your initial launch is big enough that people will give a shit. Yeah, when it comes out. Once it comes out on Android or iOS six months later. Right. Or else. And, um, and there's other stuff like if so, – so Levelhead is a – it's a hobby game that has cross-platform everything. So if you're playing it on iOS, you've got your saved data and then you go play it on PC and the same account carries over. You can play on the same levels. Everything carries over. And so there, there's inherent value in purchasing or getting access to the game on different platforms at the same time, right? And so it's it's different than like if if we launched a single player only game that had no cross yeah. uh, save migration or something, then it would be a little maybe that would make more sense to spread it out because then it's like you launch it and then maybe six months later it would come to somebody's like favorite console or something like ooh I'd like to replay that mm-hmm. or or mm-hmm. whatever and so they'll they'll buy it again there but they would probably not necessarily buy it multiple times all at once. Yes. But especially with the especially with the UGC component too since it's you can share with other people. If we launched it only on Xbox or something, right? And then your buddy doesn't have an Xbox. Then now they then can't play your levels. They can't play your levels. Yep. Until 6 months later when you launch it on something else and by that time that person who bought an Xbox probably is not still playing the game. Yeah. And so that's part of the community aspect of the game is we want as many people as possible playing it all at the same time. So that's the plan now. We're super I'm so excited. And I think also it'll be shocking for a whole variety of reasons because um, if we manage to line everything up effectively enough, then then yeah, I mean the the, the overall noise generated from a simultaneous launch on that many platforms is just is just a lot. So I'm hoping we can we can arrange for all that to hit all at once. This does make. mean that I hope our server infrastructure <laughs> is ready. Yeah, it'll be. It's going to be big. It's going to be. Possibly too big. Yeah. We can only hope. Yeah. 
so that's what's happening. Um, we'll probably have, we'll have some more information about the mobile version and stuff uh, a little bit later on. We so, may want to stagger them by like twelve to you know forty eight hours. That'd be something that can do just a little bit simultaneous, a little bit of a stagger. You know? <laughs> it's going to be within the minute. Yep, they're That'd all be- going to go live. So get ready, Adam. Yeah. Buckle up. <laughs> Adam. The rest of us, we could just hang out. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we don't have any. We don't have any industry news that I'm aware of. Bleh. It seems like at this time of year, everybody's just either putting everything on sale or making their lists of things for this year. Oh, there is oh, one for thing. the decade too. There's one. Oh, yeah. Thing. There are a lot of dec- there are a lot of best X games of the decade. Oh, yes. This is a good question. What's your you know? Wait. What? Levelhead is an indie DB's top 100 games Ooh, yeah. this year, and we need votes to land in the top 10. Yep. I forgot about that part. Yeah. If you go to IndieDB, uh, the contest is just on there. IndieDB. Uh, and we're under the platformer section. So go in so there. So go give Levelhead some votes, and then we will. Uh, that's it. <laughs> what if we win? Then that's fine. It's, <laughs> no, what if we don't? It's that's also, also fine. fine. But it would be cool. You know, we got well, something. Well, I think to. to go to the question of if everyone's making their 2020 lists. Yeah. You know, uh, things that have happened this decade, which seems like it's too long. So it was actually before Butters got started. Yeah. Um, so that was one of the best things that happened for me. This that, decade. Yeah. <laughs> pretty good. That was a good time. Yeah. I got, no, we, yeah. uh, do we want to do our review yet? Because we still have two more. I will right, we'll hold it. We we'll have two more. So our, our next episode will come out on Christmas day and the following episode will come out on new year's day. Okay. So the, the one on Christmas day is when we'll do all the reviews. The Christmas stuff. day is we can do the year in review. Mm-hmm. And then of course the new year's day will be. It's about looking forward. The future year in review. Yeah. Looking forward. The year in preview. Yeah. So my we'll, mouth is just, I've been programming too much. Yeah. I can't. Were you programming with your mouth? Yeah, he's using. I'm programming with (laughs) with the part of my brain that doesn't use words, Mm. and then it forgets how words work. It only uses colons and parentheses. Yeah, I've mentioned this on the podcast a couple times, but as I've gotten better at art and focus more on art, my ability to write with correct grammar has gone down. Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it has. Is it not? Was it always as bad? There, there are some things that you've refused. (laughs) You've refused to correct. I've tried to correct them. The apostrophes. That's the thing. Sam's uh, got wild apostrophe allocation. Uh, <laughs> it's just they all just over get the place. in there. They just they're all over. Anytime the place. there's an S, boom. Anytime, yeah, anytime, anytime <laughs> something has an S for every S. I think it's like I know the rules. Well, the, you know I think, I mean? but there's there's some key ones that I think trip up most people. It's let's. It's and let's. Yeah. Right. Let's. I always have to look at and just stare at it for a second before I can figure it out. Yeah. Is it let us or is it let's? Or is it is it something is letting something else? Yes. Is it uh, allows basically? Is it yeah. Right? Or is it something owned by let? Exactly. That's another option. That's you don't talk about that one that mm-hmm. often. But or then there's lets with an apostrophe afterwards. Yeah. And owned by multiple lets. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. if you've got ten lets laying around and they yeah. all have a thing. <laughs> <laughs> then that's the lets thing. Yep. Yeah. That they have. Unless it's multiple lettuces. And then in that case, mm-hmm. lettuce is because then you got two possible lettuces. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all know this. We've been, yeah. you know, this is, this is just strong and white English classic stuff. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, let's just get on to some questions. These questions come from our listeners over at podcast.bscatch.net. Yeah. It is definitely, there's an age there. So. <laughs> it's pronounced hey, listeners. Mm-hmm. Highest upvote question comes from Woland77. Can we not seems to be a business-driven philosophy. When do you find yourself saying, yeah, we don't have to, but let's do it anyway? Do you ever find yourself doing mm. something because it's impractical? 
because it's impractical? No. Not because it's impractical, but definitely for every other because. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. We do because this. we want to. Yeah. Sometimes in spite of it being impractical. Yes. Frequently in spite of it being impractical. I think the only time you would do something because it's impractical is if the impracticality of it serves some other practical purpose. <laughs> it's just for example, sarcasm, sarcasm, you know? It's like no, a, no. It's, it's like, for example, I if I'm doing a – If you're morning, to make a point. If I'm doing morning pages, I like to write by longhand mm-hmm. with my hand. With, with your my, long with my hand. long hand. <laughs> it's so long. It's creepy. Just because like, when I, I – hands are kind of long. Like because when I type, I type <laughs> – Somewhat fast and with your shorthand. Yeah, with, with your my shorthand. Yeah, because they're all <laughs> curled up. They're yeah. all curled up. That's true. Isn't it kind of weird that you Actually, can type with more... both hands, but you can't write with both hands at the same time? <laughs> like, what if you? <laughs> what if you can write because with... of your visual focus point? Yeah, but what if you? What if you were? What if the way that you wrote was you had a pen in each hand? That's and like you... knitting. You're just talking about knitting now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but think about for example. For example, if I want to make the letter E, like a capital E, mm-hmm. right? I'm like I basically make like a like a three parts of a rectangle, and then I take my hand off and I make another line in the middle. What if I was already making the line in the middle with my left hand? Uh, no, I'm with you on this. And you can, <laughs> I want to learn how to do so this. I think I honestly think probably part of the reason why is because ink, which is what you used to write before, smears. And so I don't if think you that's have a primary reason. No, 100 percent If you have two <laughs> also hands, it's very hard. <laughs> it's supposed to no, really hard. I think it's like knitting. I think if you have two hands going, I think you could totally learn how. I think I think there's probably a way to write that involves both hands. I, I bet at the, the same, same time. Not, the same I, think the same the, I think the precision requirement is too high for writing for your non-dominant hand for most people to be because like the reason you can type with your non-dominant hand is because there's not a lot of precision there. You're just doing that's true. you just slap you stuff. just slap stuff, you know? Which you're is doing like, That's true. Slaps. You're not you're not actually looking at the keys while that's you, what I'm trying to say. You would have to look at the letter. Well, that's, that's what you'd have to do. Is you'd have also, to, you're going to you're need really long pens, though, because you have to or, oh, not, shit. You need no, knitting I got, needles. Yeah, with, you need knitting needles. Yeah, you get, long pens, you get long pens with your long hands, mm-hmm. and then you – here's what you do. Your right hand basically is the alley-oop for your left hand. Okay. So, for example, normally you want to make the letter I, right? You make a line with your right hand or whatever is your dominant hand. I'm being kind of right-hand biased you here. Right-est. But, you know. Uh, so you make a line, and then you would like lift it up and hit the dot, right? Well, like, what if your left hand was the dot hand? Bam! Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so you make the I with your right hand, and as you move on to the next letter, your left hand just comes in and hits that dot. Boom! Right? But it shouldn't be as it; it should be simultaneous. Otherwise, you're not saving any time. Well, no, no. This is where because the problem is like you would get your you get your pens all tangled up if you're working oh, on the so same saying, letter. You're saying you got to keep. So you keep moving across the page, oh. right? So your right <laughs> hand basically makes the first part of the letter, and your left hand finishes. So it if off. you make a G, you actually just make an O. And move on with your right hand. Yeah, and now your, and left your left hand, hand comes, comes in, in space. Your left hand comes in, it's like swoop on the bottom. Yeah. And then you like you want to make a T. Right hand's like vertical line. Your left hand's like fuck yeah, Boom, horizontal yeah. line. So it's actually it's not yeah, it's not actually happening in parallel. It's still happening in sequence. It's just you actually only do You're half right. of each letter with each hand. Yeah. yeah, and then you can move twice as fast. Maybe I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> At I'm first, gonna try this on the whiteboard. At, <laughs> it's not gonna work. At first, it's one twelfth as fast, but later it's twice as. Well, fast. Well, this is an interesting point about impracticality. So even like going to explore this idea on the whiteboard. <laughs> why? Uh, just in case. Just, just in case. Because you gotta know. But what if there's a magic way of writing that nobody's ever thought of? Because, <laughs> because it sounds it so dumb. dumb. <laughs> it sounds so dumb. And if you imagine somebody doing it, it would look dumb too. Yeah, because their hands would just be like. They would. They would just look be like, like a squirrel working yeah. on it. <laughs> they would just be going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this has to be a thing. Somebody has to have tried this. I don't. Think I got to look at something. We'll look at it. Somebody writing with both hands <laughs> at the same time. 
It must be a thing. Anyways. They're, what they're probably going to be doing is writing two different pages at once. Yeah. Not the same letter. <laughs> I've seen that direction. Where and they probably have that split brain thing where they're actually just two people. Yeah. It's yeah, not that's, fair. That's cheating. Not fair. Yeah. yeah. That's cheating because that's, you know, most people can't do that if they aren't, if they don't have it. If you're mm-hmm. just one person. Yeah, if you're just mm-hmm. one person. Uh, but yeah, so as far as the, the purpose of doing impractical things is oftentimes to either to uh, do that stupid research, you know, have some fun ideas like this, uh, or I think to limber up. Because limbering a, up your brain. We need a name for that, like dumb exploring or something. Yeah, that's it's like that. <laughs> because this is what it is. You're, you're trying to remove all these constraints because I think the problem with saying something get practical is that it's always measured against some particular standard, right? Where it's like the, you have to have a reason for doing everything. Um, and you have to be doing it fairly efficiently. Yeah. And that's frankly – I mean everything you do is impractical because it's exactly. it's more practical just to not do anything. Well, you know, depending on – yeah. Yeah. No, you know I mean, sure, Adam. If you want to well, unless your, your goal is to, unless your goal <laughs> is to <laughs> to get things done, then it's less yeah, practical. But, but now the sun's just going to explode. But why? But why are you getting those sure. things done? Because those things are probably impractical. You know, that's true. Like, what, what are you doing? That depends. Not, on, you're basically saying that on any given on, on the appropriate time horizon, the level of practicality of you doing anything becomes zero because because yeah. the sun's just going to explode. Yeah, exactly. yeah, nothing, yeah. So you, nothing you did really mattered that much mm-hmm. no, so I'm gonna, compared to the sun exploding. I'm going to keep this centered on like a human-centric time scale uh-huh. uh, just for the sake of argument. <laughs> just so that we don't descend into a chaotic, slippery slope of nihilism. Yes, we want to go there. We've gone <laughs> I'm, there I'm more talking about the, the, the relativism aspect of this, mm-hmm. right? Because your old point is like, well – Sure, writing with two hands is impractical, but that's because you can we can type instead or write with one hand, you know. Right. And, and so, so everything is impractical. Is my point because it's all on a relative scale. Mm-hmm. It's impractical relative to something else. So it's so, a spectrum. It's a spectrum, mm-hmm. and you're always choosing something on that spectrum. And the thing that you're doing is always more impractical than something else. You just may not know about that other thing yet. And sometimes it's good, I think, to to just go just straight to the other side of the yeah, spectrum. Yeah, see see where the spectrum ends. See what's over there. Well, here's the thing: it's way easier to go to that end than the other end. You know, to find the most practical thing. Like you don't even That's know true. what that looks like. But it's also it's not easy to make things less practical. <laughs> and here's the conundrum: it's incredibly impractical to spend so much of your time trying to find the most practical thing to be That's doing. That's true. Mm-hmm. So you've got to you've got to stop at some point and just be comfortable with with, with being nowhere. Yeah, right. So it's about that hands. joke of self improvement, right? If you spend all of your time reading reading about self improvement and you have tr- done nothing to yeah. improve mm-hmm. yourself, yeah. Yep. But you got some good. Th- well, it's like we talked about in the last episode: the secure the security person from the DevOps handbook. Everything is secure, but nothing is useful, and everything is yeah. is garbage. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Next question comes from Dang Pak Pakawoo. <laughs> <laughs> These randomly generated names are. Pretty good. Game engines. Mm. If you were starting again with zero knowledge, would you choose Game Maker again? Or in today's market, would you go another direction? With zero knowledge. Zero knowledge. (laughs) It would probably just be kind of random. I'd just pick something random. Yeah. Yeah. I think – yeah, so we need to reframe the question a little bit probably. (laughs) If you had – Actually, if if you had zero knowledge, then the thing you would pick is the thing that was the most popular, that seemed the most accessible. Which would be Unity. Which would be Unity. Or Unreal if you were super into graphics. True. Yeah, that's how I see people. So the interesting, yeah. we didn't say that's a good choice. That's just if you li- if you knew Correct. literally nothing and just started looking on the internet. But also, those it. are perfectly fine ways to make a decision because you don't know anything. Yeah. So whatever. That's the best because it's just more practical. Get to way. work. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can spend three years researching your game engine, but then you still haven't made a game. So mm-hmm. uh, I think I think what we know now is that something like Game Maker is really good for getting things up off the ground. Yeah. It's a lot harder to scale with. Yes. 
Um, from a DevOps perspective, it becomes a bit of a problem. From a DevOps perspective and, and from, from a, a professional production. Kind yeah. of, right. Because the – which largely has to do with the, the file structures and the programming syntax, which is everything is very loose and the and the programming language doesn't force you to be clean about anything. It actually doesn't let you. It doesn't let you. Yeah. Let me, yeah. It's, yeah. It's a better way to <laughs> it's, it. it's even worse. Yeah. Yeah. And this is why it's so good when you're starting. It's why it's so good. It's so and also good why for, it's so fast. It's so good yeah. for one person because you mm-hmm. can be – you can just get stuff up and running and, the, and there's no rules. You're just, you're just making the stuff. Beep, beep, beep. Um, but once you have two, three, ten programmers all trying to operate in that environment, uh, you, d- you don't. Yes. You can't. Um, so that's that's something that we've been, you know, kind of trying to grapple with ourselves is that we've gotten really good at using a tool that's pretty hard to scale. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and if we had started with Unity, it would have taken us a lot longer to get things off the ground and to get things up to speed. But then later we could potentially have scaled, but mm-hmm. we would have had to get there first. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh-huh. Whatever we picked, it would have been probably fine. So just pick whatever the you – The important thing is to pick. Just pick a thing and start making yeah. stuff. Yeah, you can always pick something else later. Yeah. You know? yep. yeah, although it gets more expensive the longer you wait. Yeah. Which is, you know, also something. That's just true. Yeah. Sort of in general. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was still it's just expensive it's, to have not yeah. made it. Like, does it get more expensive? I think it's more expensive. I think no, it does. Because it, if expensive. you develop a lot of tooling and other kinds of things, then yeah, yeah, you, sure. you will have to rebuild all But if you things. hadn't done anything, then you wouldn't. You wouldn't have those. Tools. You wouldn't even have yeah. any resources. Yeah. You know what I mean? So just do stuff. Because you, because you, <laughs> you would just be at zero instead. Like because if you, if you just, if we just basically said, okay, we wouldn't have any of our tools, so then we're back at zero. Well, that's where we would have been anyway. Except mm-hmm. now we knew all this other stuff instead. Yep. Exactly. Which seems better. So you should probably just use C plus plus and build your own engine <laughs> to yeah. avoid. Then you yeah. can avoid having to sort of answer these. Sort yeah. of that's that's generally the advice that we gave to people. Yeah, C plus plus has been around long enough that it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. So you're good now. Yeah, I prefer you, that you actually just make it with uh, hardware though. Yeah, no assembly or thing. Actual, just actual physical, physical yeah. hardware. That's how they used the to make whole, games. Yeah, man. Every and if, you, and if every, you don't do it that way, not a real program. Yeah, right? every piece of logic that happened in the game was. It was, a, it was hard. hardwired. Yeah, I, I think like a light bulb or something. That's how that. I have no idea how that it's even like, works. It's like a light yeah, bulb. I don't even know how to think about it. <laughs> there's, like, there's like a moth <laughs> fluttering around in there or something. Yep. Like it's like if the moth touches the there's some filament. Like that. Then I know. Yeah, reading state. about some of the early days of video games is remarkable. I yeah. mean, seeing what music composers had to do is, I think, actually my favorite because the shit they had to go through in order to make a song. Which basically was like writing in hex or something insane, wasn't it? I don't know. Yeah, there's some video about it online that I watched, just showing like how they made a bunch of the songs. Oh, you that, mean in in video games? Yeah. Okay. I thought I thought you were, oh, I thought okay. you were talking about something else now. Yeah, I thought you were talking about. Like, I'm a Beethoven, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so you guys haven't you followed the hex code's been around a long time. <laughs> no, yeah. If you see those videos of how how they had to do music composition, yeah, because they, they had to program. They had to program. It. There was no. Uh, they're just telling the computer when to make boops. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and what pitch the boop was supposed to be. I'm pretty sure there's a really good YouTube video on it somewhere, but I can't think of it. Is everything the same volume? Like if you're talking like 8-bit sound, is everything the same volume? Yeah, I think so. Must be, right? I think, I think there's – Because if, if you want to also store volume, you need at least another byte. Yeah, which is a lot. That's too much. To track all the volume. Because you yeah. only got one byte of RAM, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you can take <laughs> the one byte that has to represent all 255 possible sounds and use some of its bits to represent volume. Mm-hmm. And the, now you've got like – 16 sounds. Yep. Now you're out of sound. 16 volumes. Yeah. Yep. 
So well, that, we could make anything with that. But yeah, so there's, there's a, a, there's a book it. called uh, Phoenix Four: Rise of the Games Industry. It's called Phoenix because the games industry died and then was, was, reborn. was reborn in the form of the Game Boy, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, but there's a lot of really great uh, stories about some of the early days of game development and the kinds of wacky shit that people had to pull off to get video games it's, started. Yeah, it's incredible. And I think the thing that blew me away the most was how it reminded me of, you know, when, when Long Island Ice Tea renamed themselves Long Blockchain Company? <laughs> yep. yeah. Because all of a sudden people are like, oh my God, there is money in blockchain. Mm-hmm. It still sounds like a joke. Like It's yeah. hard for me to believe that that happened. So like nobody knew where the money was in blockchain. They, they still don't. They thought, fact. it's got to be in there somewhere. <laughs> I mean, look how long this blockchain is. There well, must be, they thought it just is money. There must be a couple of nickels between the cushions mm-hmm. of this blockchain. No. But everybody thought there was. And so all of a sudden, a bunch of companies that have no business being involved in any of this, all of a sudden, were deeply involved in it. So video games said the same thing. Something I didn't know was, was like, before I was born, one of the leading players in the games industry was... Colco, the Connecticut yeah. leather company. <laughs> <laughs> They're a leather company. They were a leather company and they they made their own console and they were one of the top competitors for quite some time. And their their device was called the Colco. Well, and we all still remember Atari, but Atari was basically dead at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. Hmm. Definitely worth a read. All right. Next question comes from Wiggly Honk Quick Pie. The quickest of pies. Are there any – I like how everybody just basically like took whatever rumpus username we gave yep, them and they were like, it. this is me now. This <laughs> is who I am. Are there any features you wouldn't have incorporated into 1.0 of Levelhead if you did not go through the early access process? In general, how do you think early access changes the overall design of a game? Probably uh, most of them. Honestly, yeah, most of them. Of yeah, it would, it would just kind of be a different thing. I think that's the truth of it because the way we design the game is while well, we have these sort of larger beats that we're trying to hit in terms of, you know, big ticket features that are obvious. Uh, a lot of the smaller tweaks and stuff that end up – all those small details when you, when you collapse them all together is what makes the game into what it is basically. Yeah. And so it's like you, you can have a game that has shooting in it, for example, like every you know, first-person shooter ever. But the specifics of every part of that is like, can you reload? If you reload, is there a button you can hit to make it so you reload faster to get a little speed boost? Where like does a, ammo come from? Where does ammo come from? Like, can you modify it? Exactly. The reason why you still see uh, variations in genres that frankly have a ton of games coming out of them is because making a tiny amount of changes to a few of those decisions ends up blowing out into changes to just everything. Um, and so, yeah, it honestly would just be a different game. It'd be a hundred percent a different game. Yep. Um, the biggest change that I think came from early access is the most obvious is just the fact that the, the campaign doesn't lock workshop content. I think if we hadn't done early access, I think that still would have been in there. Yeah, that's probably the most fundamental change. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah, as far as the super specific the, things. What yeah. came out of early access or the, the, the consequence of being in early access is both was both the really good thing, which is that you get to see how people actually respond to the stuff that you made. Yes. And most and, and a lot of the way that they do it is not exactly how you expect, right? And so then we get to kind of adapt and players get excited about stuff we didn't think they would even care about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, so we get to kind of shift the focus of the design towards the things that players actually like really care about. But that's actually the potential loss, which, which we've had lots of discussions about because the players can only have feelings and thoughts about the stuff that's there. Right. Yep. And so now you take all the stuff that you haven't done yet and that you're waiting on doing. And now you're focused so much on tailoring the game towards the current audience and the stuff that they can imagine having that it becomes harder and harder to actually 
put in the stuff that they haven't even conceived of yet to then let that also get shaped. Yeah. yeah. If I were to if I were to put a like a quick back of the napkin guess, I would say at least ninety eight percent of the feedback that we get is feedback about things that currently exist. Yep. Right. Yes. So it's like I would like this one thing to have this one extra little the little mm-hmm. feature. Um, or I would like to see a variation like this thing, but over here on this other thing, right? Mm-hmm. And it's very rare that what we get from the community is actually what I, what I, what I don't think has happened at all is is somebody thinks up a feature that is like a huge thing that yeah. we weren't already planning on doing that other people in the community would then rally behind and like try to make that become a thing. Usually it's just lots of small points of feedback about lots and lots of things that already exist. Which also, I think, fine because honestly, it would be really exhausting if people were – If it was just all huge. If it was all just like – Because part of that too is that people are just saying, I want a different game. Well, that's – I think the the point is you should go into early access only once – the game is far enough along to have enough of an identity that yeah, it's got those major pillars. Yeah. 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 Otherwise you're going to be having a rough time. I yeah. Think. I mean, it, it is the case that like we have had several, several uh, big feature suggestions that are super cool and interesting. Like uh, the idea of a, of a power up that turns you into a switch mm-hmm. is like so far my favorite one. Yeah. Because, because of how weird it is. It's weird and it's feasible and all that stuff. Um, but but when when I say like I don't think we've we've seen that what I mean is 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 we get these kinds of things periodically but they're all like a cherry on top you know yeah they're not they're not game changing in a big in a it, well it's it's not it's not meant to like plug a clear and obvious hole that the game has right. it's meant to be some cool extra bonus thing because um, we like we are already pretty well aware of the holes so things like multi select like yeah we gotta I know we gotta do it I know we gotta <laughs> it'll be in there sorry guys we we don't have it yet but. We got to get it in there. I mean, for a long time, we didn't have undo, you know? For we like didn't. Five months. Right? Yeah, for a long time. <laughs> and we still don't have redo. Has anybody complained about that? Nope. Somehow that's <laughs> fine. Yep. I guess that's I, fine. Uh, actually, I'm pretty sure at least one or two people have said something about it, but yeah, no. I think if you know that you don't have redo, then you just operate yeah. treating undo more appropriately. Yep. Where like if you want to undo something, then you hit the undo button. <laughs> but as soon as multi-select comes around, you're going to need redo. Because, because redoing one thing, which is all you can do right now, is pretty easy. Yeah. And redoing then doing an entire <laughs> regional shift to the left by one tile is going to be and then there's, But now uh, that you can have multi select, though, it's easy just to shift the whole thing back left without having to just grab it and move it. That's true. And then there's, then there's stuff that, that sometimes we will like mention an idea about something that we would like to do or that we're working on. And then that oftentimes will come up quite a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. in feedback and in discussions in the community. So the idea of sub-levels. Yeah. So that's something that it's still on a branch. It's still kind of like lurking back there and it has so many huge problems that we have to solve that it's just going to be a, a big thing. Yeah. Um, but that that comes up multiple times per week, I would say. The sub-levels, the player-made campaigns um, or playlists. Uh, those, are the, those are the three big ones or the two big ones, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So I guess long story short, lots and lots of things. Most of the things that we've done since early access were probably done either in direct response to requests from the community uh, or came out of us seeing the kinds of things that people were wanting and then us like coming up with our own features to do more of that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, so it's been really great for the the game. Oh, yeah. I think. Yeah. All right. Next question comes from Quantum Anomaly. I've recently been tasked with helping a small team get into DevOps. Three programmers, one QA. 
When doing things like Trello cards and user stories, since you all have pretty unique roles, how much information do you put on a card? Do you speak to specific lines of code or use a broad brush since you're all fairly specialized? How much do each of you really know about what the others are doing? Mm, uh, it's basically details free. Yeah, pretty much. Because each of us handles the details. Yeah, yeah there's so. an interesting problem there, which is if, if you're making a card where you're explaining by lines of code precisely where somebody needs to yeah, why don't you do just things, that then that's something you should probably <laughs> or, well, or in the case of – or it's a training thing. Or that's yeah. the phase you're actually in where you're yeah. trying to train someone, uh, in which case that's the only other time that's appropriate. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it should be a pretty broad brush, I think. Yeah, because I would assume it would – I mean it would still be the case that if you've got uh, three programmers working on one project, then even though they're all programmers, they're still specialized in the sense that each of them has developed certain aspects of the application mm -hmm. and they, they know more about certain parts of it than others do. Um, and it's, it is the case that, that we do have that. So for example, like in, there's, there's a lot of web stuff in the game and, and sometimes, uh, I'll need to collaborate with Adam to work on those things. Mm -hmm. And there's also stuff that I literally have no idea how it works, which is anything about deployment and localization. Mm -hmm. And I don't need to know how it works. And so anytime I have an issue, then I will, you know, I just make a Trello card for it and I explain what the problem is that I'm seeing, but, uh, I can't explain what the solution is. Right. Yeah, because I don't, I don't, yeah, have any clue. And this is the role of those production meetings too. Is like you, you put enough on the card to make it so the discussion about it is quick mm -hmm. uh, during a production meeting. So yeah, and and it does need to provide all necessary context. The question is always just what's necessary. Yeah. So for example, we'll get we'll get uh, feedback reports from either players or QA, and oftentimes they're just bugs, right? And so actually during the production meeting, there's a good chunk of time when we're doing the level head area specifically, where it's basically just during the production meeting, it might be the three of us sitting there going through everything, but it's essentially Seth reads the bug and is like, okay, yeah, it's going to take me like 15 minutes. And then we just throw it in the pile. Yep. That's the, so there's no actual discussion. It's almost yeah. more like just moving the work through the system. Right. So people kind of see like, okay, yep, that's happening. Yeah. And so, yeah. well, the reason that the, the others of us need to be involved is because sometimes they end up being design problems that just open up because a bug needs to get fixed because, okay, now, if we fix this uh, this bug with regard to like the waylay punching thing, it's going to mess up the design of – is it going to mess up the design of any of the levels, for example? Right. Um, or if we fix this bug related to the web thing, is there actually any other problems on the on the web backend that are going to get cascaded into? And so, and so sometimes it feels like some of those – with the production meeting, you can feel like you don't necessarily need to be there specifically for every specific sort of work card that's being talked about. Um, but you need to be there generally because you don't know when these things are going to come up. Yeah. You, you, need, well, you need to know what the big picture problem is. That yeah. You, yeah. Well, yeah, and and I think the the thing that this question is sort of missing is is the aspect of the production meetings because yes, we did use Trello for six months before we started doing production meetings, and we did not know what each other was doing or yeah. why, pretty much that that whole time. Mm -hmm. um, so we were able to hand cards off to each other, but at no point was there like a check in where where we talked about priorities and what we what was going to be happening over the next week or, or whatever it was. And so it really wasn't until we got the production meetings going and then now we're all sitting there and there's that kind of light touch of everybody gets to see everybody's next sprint and what the general priorities are. We all agree on the priorities before beforehand. So um, I will say I, I don't have any clue about the specifics of what anybody's doing at any given time during Correct. a sprint, but we've all agreed on the the overall goals that yeah, we're working on. We know the on. priorities are and what the, what the general things are that have to get done to meet those priorities. Yeah. Basically. And honestly, I feel great about it. Yeah. Because what I, 
what I don't want, because I think having like knowing everything and needing to know everything is just not scalable, right? Yeah. So if we ever reach a point where maybe we have 10 people or 12 people in the studio, I have to be comfortable with the idea that I probably won't know almost anything that's happening. Yeah. I mean, even with five, <laughs> I mean, I think yeah. I can't remember if I mentioned this. Like, it already isn't scalable, like where we're at right mm-hmm. now. And where we're at is way more scalable than that alternative. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's an interesting production question mm-hmm. in terms of that. But yeah, I think you, cause you can move into Trello and start having these systems work. But I think for really, for the whole thing to work to, to actually start working really effectively, you have to have that production meeting cadence. Yeah. Um, baked into it. Yeah. And I think there's another question when it comes to the the three programmers, which is who's the lead? Mm-hmm. So who is the one responding to pull requests and yeah. doing code reviews and things yeah. like that? Because um, there's got, I, mean, I assume, I assume somebody has a, a bigger picture of the project or if it was just like three people just like throwing code, mm-hmm. just all merging into master. <laughs> like, yep. There are better and worse ways to do it. So I, I definitely recommend checking out the Git flow workflow for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And somebody should be, and the way that we do it is we just say somebody quote unquote owns a project, right? And so that person is basically responsible for every line of code that ends up in there, mm-hmm. whether they wrote it or not. And and that's done through pull requests. So if somebody else writes some code and wants to add it in and they want to change something or fix something or whatever, they can do that and that's fine, but it doesn't actually end up in your production in your production paths until you the person in charge and put your eyeballs on the thing yep. and because because there's somebody who needs the full the fullest context possible who's seen everything at um, when you're operating a scale where that's feasible right because of course yeah. as the scale gets bigger that becomes less, and less if you've possible. got a thousand programmers yeah that's you, not happening it's, it's not, not gonna happen. happen so but with three totally doable mm-hmm. yep. all right next question comes from Jablong Funko Gordy <laughs> <laughs> nice Funko Gordy. Who says, what does the first hour of your day look like? How about the last hour? Habits slash routines? They look about the same right now for me, which is I come in, I slam a five-hour energy. Stretch for a half hour. (laughs) Slam a five-hour energy. Slam it. Just Do you you poke a hole in it? A shotgun it. Like a a college Shotgun it. And then uh, (laughs) – And then I just – Which is hilarious because fire energy is like a one fluid ounce. So yeah, it takes a second. It doesn't take very long to shotgun. Um, too long though. <laughs> <laughs> it's too long without the shotgun. Uh, but yeah, so right now what I'm doing uh, because of the work, the campaign work I'm doing is it's just a lot of this focused uh, image creation time. So what I do is I come in at nine. I have already planned out at the end of the day. So we're kind of bouncing between. At the end of the day, I pick the stuff I'm working on the next day and set up my files so that when I get – when I arrive to work – in the morning, then I just get in and go as opposed to having to like, oh, where do I need to get some stuff from? So I set up a file at the end of the day and decide what I'm doing for the next day. When that day starts, slam the five-hour energy and just yeah. do it. You got to slam it. Yep. You got to have the slam in there. Otherwise, the day hasn't started. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to have something, you know? That's what yeah. look for. Shotgunning is a weird – I'm just still stuck on this. I'm kind of thinking about it. It's like because – Why is it called shotgunning? No, it's not, it's not that part. That's also weird. <laughs> but the question of just, just why, period, you know? Because you're basically saying like – I'm going to drink this beer, well, right? no, so the, <laughs> but, but normal like because of, of air pressure, yeah. you know, I can't, I can't suck it out of the, <laughs> I want to drink this beer as fast as it's just f- physically, you know what I mean? Yeah. Physically possible. Yeah. Not physically. Not physically, physically. With the physics. Yeah. In there. Well, that's and why. Because, yeah. yeah. Cause you want to, I want to, I want to be able to inhale it. Yeah. I'm going to suck it down my gullet 
straight to belly. I don't. Mm-hmm. I want it to not even touch anything. And in the like, process, right lose a third of it. Yes. That's yeah, it, was, <laughs> it just goes all over because you stab a <laughs> hole in a can. Yeah, so I was like, that's I want to have happen. It's what you're saying. I want to drink two thirds of this beer as fast yeah. as, <laughs> as physically yeah. possible. For those who are familiar, so with a shotgun of beer, you open it. So okay. that it's now got a hole in the top of the can. And then you stab it. You shank it in the side. Yeah, with stab your the keys side. or with a knife. Anything you got. Or yeah. so now you equalize the pressure. Finger. And then you and then you suction it with your lips. You yeah, form you a just, suction, yep. which is never good enough. And then you shoot beer all over <laughs> while trying to drink it. Because essentially what happens is because it has that hole in the top, then the liquid can just flow out. It's got a hole yeah. in the top well, and I mean, the side. You're supposed, to be, you're supposed to be holding it in such a way that that doesn't happen. You know, in, I mean, in, in, theory, in principle. But, yeah. Yeah. It but, but the problem is if you poke a hole in the top and the side of something, there are very few ways you can hold yeah, <laughs> yes. keep the liquid that's, that's in. What, and that's part of the speed. That's why you got to do it all in one. It's one fluid motion, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so people who are experts at this, which, why? But people who, <laughs> the people who are experts at this. Why have you done this? Oh, yeah, can do it without losing a drop. They can just yeah. they can just open their gullet. And I assume, you know, because there's normally sphincters, like between between where the they must face have hole is. Cognitive control yeah, of all sphincters. It's just, it's just open. Yeah. Like the whole system is just a hollow open tube. And they just but what they don't know is you can just drink a much, much smaller quantity of most other alcohols. Yeah, almost all of them. Uh, without needing to try to break the laws of physics, yeah. and you'll get a much stronger But effect. back to the impracticality thing. It's fun. The point is the, show, it's the showmanship. Uh, yeah, it's the, it's the showmanship. showmanship. I think I've done it once. It was whatever. I've done it once. I'm pretty sure I was just covered in beer afterwards, and I was confused. But yeah. <laughs> why, why did I do this? Yeah. I've never done it, uh, but – I've I've generally been unimpressed by beer, sort of as a well, as the a delivery is, vehicle. But the, <laughs> well, but no, maybe this is part of it though. Is the only reason you would do that is because you don't care about the beer, right? This is, Correct. You don't do this with nice beer. Yeah, you don't. You don't. You don't do this because you like beer. This you actually do it specifically because you hate because you've got the worst beer that yeah. you could. And it has to go. Have. You just want to bypass your tongue. Yeah, I think that's actually <laughs> the main reason to do it. Yeah. Like, like you want to bypass your tongue, deal. then obviously you drink it on your standing on your head because now your tongue is up, and then the then the liquid gets on the roof of your mouth, and it just. <laughs> That's Which what, has oh, no taste buds. That's yeah. a, isn't that a keg stand? That's a keg stand. Now we know. Okay. Well, that's why a keg stand. That's, when you, have, that's when you have a whole, a whole a barrel whole full of shitty beer. Why don't people shotgun kegs? It's I think just, it just explodes. It's too much. <laughs> it's too much. A keg <laughs> explodes, and then if you do succeed, you explode. Yeah. yeah that's true. So that was the question. How did we get on The this? question was, what do you do for the first hour of your day? <laughs> <laughs> Not that. Not that. Uh, well, Sam shotguns a five Sam hour. Sam shotguns a five hour. That's that's how the, well, that's my work day. Right? Was this, is it work? Well, it just says, what does the first hour of your day look like? Yes, yeah, so th- those are my work bookends. As far as how I wake up, wake up. Shotgun to sh- five hours. <laughs> <laughs> no, stretch a little bit. Shotgun some water. Uh, yeah, I drink some water. I drink a whole glass of water immediately. Um, yeah, that's the main thing. I, I get up and I, I I just get up and I walk downstairs and yep. drink a glass of You've water. you got to hydrate. Boom. In the morning, get hydrated. Because you haven't drank water for eight hours. Yeah. That's a long time. And then I hope, I hope to God I've got bananas left and I eat a banana. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. What if? You don't have bananas. <laughs> then I'm just sad. Yeah. All morning. That's fair. Yep. Uh, and then end of day, I'm usually just hanging out. I don't know. Last like hour of the day, I'm just doing weird stuff. Yeah, Watching that's, Modern that's bed, Love. That's bedtime. Yeah. Playing Pokemon. I don't know. All right. Here's, here's me. Here's my routine. What you got? Get up. Fly out of bed like an eagle. <laughs> like a bald eagle. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I march to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I got I got a shower first thing. If I haven't showered, the day has not started. Interesting. That's a fact. Okay. 
these these insane people who can get out of bed and then just start doing stuff. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I've never been able to understand it. That's how I'm with drinking water. Like I do that before anything else. But I could actually go for the rest of the morning and not sh- like showering is the thing I do either right before I leave. Like it's, yep. it's the last step. Really? Or on days where I don't have to go anywhere, it's just like the thing I do after meandering happen, around yep. in the morning. But it always has to happen in the morning. My routines are much more wibbly wobbly than yours. Yeah. I feel like you're very. No, I'm on. I'm on. I sometimes I get I get like 45 minutes into my morning and I have no idea what's happened because I'm I've got full autopilot. I'm nice. just like down to the minute. How long is your shower? It's about 12 minutes. Okay. It's a good one. That's a good, good one. That's a long shower. Because yeah. the first uh, 11 and a half minutes is me staring off into space, <laughs> just being like, what the fuck? Because you're actually waking up in the shower. Yeah. So it's every- yeah. <laughs> okay. You could probably save some money if you in water. If, if you, you just uh, woke up in bed. Just do something else yeah. first and then shower. Well, but there's one, there's one secret. First, man. People often don't tell you about water is uh, it's still there. You know, like I showered. <laughs> uh-huh. The water went down the drain. It still exists, mm-hmm. so it's fine. I didn't delete it from existence. I mean, so. It's true. <laughs> I mean, you might have, depending on where it goes afterwards. That's true. Yeah. You know, because some wastewater mm-hmm. is like shoved down really deep holes and then causes the earth to shake. Is that what you want, Seth? Oh, <laughs> right. Like, so you're saying if I took a shower and because I showered, the earth some shook. some fracker, yeah, got <laughs> got my water exactly and fracked with it. Frackers are always getting my water because <laughs> because as we know, these uh, fracking companies, uh-huh. they're like, look, we don't want to waste perfectly good clean water. We're very environmentally conscious. We only want to take used I mean, yeah. water, yeah, yeah. This and pump it into the ground and cause fuckloads of earthquakes. Oh, wait, is it? Is it better or is it more environmental to put dirty, gross water into the ground? Well, they're already they're already packing it full ground. of chemicals, right? And probably Nestle actually Nestle yeah. wouldn't like it if they took the good water and put it down there because Nestle's like, hey, that's, that. that's our yeah. water. We got to bottle that and resell it. <laughs> so anyway, Although I guess actually because no, if you took wastewater like human wastewater, you know, full of ho- horrible stuff, but you mix that now with chemical water, right? Mm-hmm. Now the chemicals. Kill all of the gross human stuff. And they cancel each other out, and you got clean water. Or they mutate them, and then you got a super virus. Now you've got oh, a swamp man too. down in your frack holes. Yep. And then <laughs> you know what? That. Now what are you gonna do? Anyway, so you shower. Yeah. So the other thing. So I always, I always, uh, I, I start a pot of coffee after I shower, and it has, it's strong. Okay, you know my coffee. Mm-hmm. This is like you. I got. So one of the pro tips is you get a coffee maker that has a mesh. Don't fuck around with filters because filters they catch some of the. Stuff. (laughs) A mesh has holes in it, and that lets it right through. Mm -hmm. So that's when you get the strongest coffee possible. The bottom is paste. You get espresso blend Starbucks or something that's like the darkest brew you can get. And in your coffee maker, you fill that shit to the brim. So you get your filter area or whatever, and you just pour. I assume you use a whole bag. You just pour as much (laughs) as you can fit in there all the way to the top. So then, so I've got that coffee brewing. Make myself six eggs. Because uh-huh. I got, I got to have a good amount of, uh, you know, protein and stuff. It's only, it's only 36 grams, but it'll do for now. I normally eat one egg at a time. Then whilst, for, mm-hmm. relative whilst I am <laughs> shoveling six eggs and the, and coffee is so strong that it will blow your eyebrows. <laughs> How are these <laughs> eggs cooked? They're scrambled. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's when I clear out my inbox. You got to go inbox zero. Mm-hmm. So mm. go through personal email, get every single email completely dealt with and gone. Go through work email, same thing. Go through player feedbacks, done. Go through internal QA feedbacks, done. So I got four things I got to 
go through, then I'm ready to rock. And I had to work and do my shit. But I got to do all those things. So it's actually not an hour. It's more like two hours mm. that I, it takes me to get through all of those things. Mm-hmm. So Adam, so yours is much is much more chill. You just get up and <laughs> eat a banana. <laughs> yeah, get up, eat a banana. <laughs> take a shower, go to work. Pretty, pretty straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I got to put on some fat beats, put on some good music. I do normally listen to, I listen to the Daily Show Ears Edition on oh. Tuesday through Friday because they record Monday through Thursday or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then let my podcast keep going. I'm listening to podcasts the whole morning, but that's part of. Now, what about, okay, so the other part of the question is end of day. Do you have an end of day routine? I wash my face with lotion. Just put a lotion all over your body. You wash it with lotion? No. Oh, I was like, that's, I don't know if you knew, but that's not a. I mean, it'd still be good, frankly. Whatever, you know, just rub some stuff on I mean, the best soap is basically just lotion. Essentially. So yeah, just rub some stuff on your face. And then uh, usually I have to go downstairs to turn off the heat because we have radiators and so they clank super loud at night. Um, so you just make it really hot before you go to bed so that the heat lasts no, long enough? No, because we got we, – we insulated our house for you know, sustainability purposes and now it's just like the heat doesn't leave anymore. It's so just in there It's now. just in there. So yeah, yeah, we go to bed with the heat off. And did, you vacuum, did you vacuum seal your walls to make them like a thermos? You know? No, I know. So instead you can of – do that? I assume there's a way. Because <laughs> <laughs> anytime okay. – so think about it. Like yeah. Whenever you get a mug, they're never like – we packed a fuckload of insulation in there. Instead, they're like, there's nothing in there. Literally. Mm-hmm. That's the other way. It's the other way to That's go. That's the other way it. to go. Because yeah. you know what? You know what's hard for heat to go through? Nothing. But I feel like then, if you, as soon as a squirrel busts through that wall, then it'll <laughs> get sucked just, in there. <laughs> it'll get sucked in like a, well, like no, a deep sea crab. It starts crab to get pipe. sucked in, but it plugs the hole <laughs> with its body. There is that. So yeah, you would. still, your vacuum is. Still, I would not it, only, it only plugs the hole until it rots and falls off. Can it even rot if there's nothing in there? Not on the inside, but part of it's still on the outside. <laughs> it'll, it'll, rot, it'll rot from the outside. But while it's mm-hmm. rotting, it will continue to be pulled through the hole <laughs> until you've got sort of a rotten squirrel noodle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is. It's inside your vacuum. This is walls. why you don't get a vacuum That's wall. fair. Yeah. yeah. Too hard to clean. Yeah, that's fair. That Too hard to clean sense. the squirrel out of. <laughs> People always, squirrel noodles. <laughs> people always talk about how it's cold in space, but is it? No. Because it's a, it's it's a, a vacuum, vacuum up there. Yeah. So it's like, just nothing. But nothing's real cold. You know? It is. It, I mean, it isn't cold. It's it, nothing. It's you know? Oh, yeah, it is cold because it's, it's not hot. It's not hot either. It's just neither of those it's things. It's nothing. It doesn't have this anything. temperature is undefined. Right, because you always see. Because temperature is the wiggling of particles. A, if there's a, no particles to wiggle. They're not not wiggling. But They're just how not come there. parts of space are colder than other parts of space? They aren't. They're all they, no. They definitely are. It's no. just all neither cold nor hot. No, because those, you're getting hit by photons all the time. Oh yeah, the, those the, things are hot. The photons yeah. are hot. The space but actually, is no, like, photons aren't hot either. But they heat you up because you're a bunch of molecules. They transmit right, them. Yeah, they so put energy parts, in you, and then you vibrate more. Right. So certain parts of space then are hot. Depending not on the space. No, thing. the thing in space is. Well, hot. I mean, I get yeah. that, but you in space would feel hot. Yeah, you get heated up. Yeah. Which but not by hot. space, though. Yeah, but all, yeah and also, like, your body heat has nowhere to dissipate to. Yeah. Right? So yeah. you go into space, are you you're you're insulated? Just, you're in a cocoon. Are you hot? Well, you basically boil because also since the, since the pressure is zero. Oh, yeah. Then everything, everything is now All the liquids in, the in your body phase, yeah. are now boiling. Yeah. But at the normal temperature. Yeah. Well, at zero. It's at, more like they're turning into the gas. I feel like whenever something says boiling, it's, it's like it's hot. But it's not hot. It's just turning into gas. Which is what boiling is. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like, you know what I mean? 
I mean, it would feel like it. Now, the bigger, <laughs> the bigger question here is, do we talk about this? That that water's just molten ice cubes? and that's Molten fucking, ice cubes? And that's fucking awesome. I mean, if you describe it that way. I mean, it is, right? Yeah, I mean, ice is, well, it depends, because... What do you mean by molten? Molten is like so molten rock, right? It's a lava. rock by is the solid form, mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. molten means it turns turned into its liquid form, yeah. right? So water is just molten ice. Yeah, that's true. And gas. Do you right. like that because of the word molten? Is that yeah? Okay. It just sounds cooler if you're just drinking some molten ice, <laughs> which would also be that'd be just like a dope ass bottled water company. Yeah, yeah. You know, get some fresh. Purified molten mm-hmm. ice. All right. Well, I think that's all the time we have. Pretty sure we answered the question at some point in there. Whatever it was. Did we? Oh, yeah. How do you end your day? I just go to bed. Yep. Yeah, that's the best way yeah. to end your day. <laughs> I don't have any, any routine Highly at recommended. all. Uh, yeah. Although I did I did make sure that my room is super dark. Yeah, I used to have a lot of trouble getting required. to sleep. But now it's like pitch black in there. So, yep. you know, definitely do that. I recommend that. Uh, that's all the time we have for this week. We'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Jen Coster, for putting the podcast together. And thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, go to podcast.bscotch.net. Yeah. We have links to the community Discord, a way for you to donate, and links to the podcast archives. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Goodbye.